0: Today we're meditating on the lotus feet of Srila Prabhupada. Isn't it a sublime atmosphere here? It's so simple. And just the way uh, it was when Prabhupada was here, the same building beautiful Radha Govinda deities. And how Prabhupada describes that he came here and saw the, the deities and became enamored of them, so much so that he asked his father to get him his own Radha and Krishna deities, which he worshiped at home, as he says, imitating the ways of the Bajaris here. He would come here as a little child and then see how they were, how Shri Radha Govinda were being worshipped, and then he went home and he would, he and his sister would also worship the Radha Krishna deities at home. And Prabhupada says, and said later, that whenever he would think of Radha Krishna, he always thought of Radha Govindaji first, as this is the deities that he first saw when he was a child and he became fully attached to. And of course, These things don't happen by accident. As Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, in the sixth chapter, that when somebody is given such facility, that is, devotees who are, as parents, who are pure devotees, and living right next to Shisharada Govinda, this is all Krishna's arrangement. One may come into the world and be in an atmosphere of total forgetfulness of Krishna. This is due to one's previous momentum carrying one into the same atmosphere. And Krishna says those who are the great souls, they're born into the transcendental vibration and immediately are worshiping Radha and Krishna. So we'll remember uh, Srila Prabhupada in this place as he was a child coming here Uh, with his parents to see the deity and then coming home worshipping his own deities and how even later in life he remembered this very sublime sweet place where Sri Radha Govinda worshipped and bhakti is very simple actually in the 11th canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam when Krishna is telling Uddhava about various paths to self-realization you notice that the Chapters on Sankhya Yoga, Karma Yoga are very thick. There's a lot of instruction. Surprisingly, when you come to bhakti, the chapter on bhakti yoga, you find that it's concise. Very simple thing. As Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, even, just very simply, if you just offer me something with love, I'll accept it. And frequently Prabhupada, talking him in this verse, said, if Krishna accepts something from you, then your life is perfect. And so, we'll find not only here, but in many of the other places we go in Mayapur, that these sublime places, which are the epicenter, from which we find bhakti has expanded throughout the world, like here, where Prabhupada came to worship Sri Govinda, also Sri Vasangan, Practically, it's a tiny little place, seemingly insignificant. But actually, Bhakti seems like that also. Even Goloka Vrindavan seems to be a little village. But as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu describes it, it's bigger than all the Vaikuntha planets combined, and it's always expanding. But it seems like a little village. So similarly, this tiny little temple room, it seems insignificant. But the active ingredient is here. And that active ingredient is the faith in Krishna. And just by carrying that within one's heart, everything else becomes perfectly manifest in the world. Krishna says, ananyas ye pariupasite tesham nityad yuktanam yoga kshemam baham yaham. If your heart is absorbed in me, then I'll carry what you lack and preserve what you have. Elsewhere in the Bhagavatam, Prabhupada says that <laughs> all spiritual paraphernalia becomes available to a person simply chants the holy names. He says the the Hari Krishna Mahama Mantra brings together all the energies of the spiritual world, and so. It's a very simple thing. Wherever one is in the world, if one can concentrate one's mind on Krishna's beauty and his kindness and simply worship him without speculating, sthāne sthita śrutikataṁ tanavan manovya. Lord Brahma says, jñāne priyāsa murapasya eva jīvanti sanmukaritam bhavadīya vārtam. Uh, give up trying to understand God through your intellect. Just uh, stane stita shuti tanuvan manobhya. Stay where you are and hear. Hear about Krishna. And from that, jitta jito, the unconquerable, that which is, he's the greatest. Who can understand God? Not any tiny creature. But through bhakti, which begins with shravanam, hearing about him and just opening one's heart to the, to the message of krishna coming through the prampra and then the devotee can even conquer krishna by his love krishna is not actually conquered but he submits himself to the devotees because of their love love makes him very submissive to his devotees so we find from these places uh, a kind of spiritual energy that if we can take that current that comes in these places. There's a spiritual current that runs through the floor that you're sitting on. Krittim rida muda yontar bahis tanubritam. He says, because Krishna, you're there as the antaryami. You're the super soul in my heart, and you're giving me instruction how to come to you. And then he says, antar also externally, uh, yontar, uh, you manifest as the acharya, uh, to show me the path, uh, to show me your own path, how to come back to you. We were just reading recently where Prabhupada writes, it was actually in the 7th canto, ninth chapter of the, of the Bhagavatam, Prahlad is making his prayers, and Prabhupada mentions that uh, living, every living entity is in a particular place, particular universe, section of the universe, low, middle, high, or in the spiritual world by, by their own choice. <laughs> and this is um, the choice of the living entity to associate in a certain way. So when one awakens one's feeling that I want, to, I want Krishna, I don't want the material world anymore, then Krishna responds He's always responsive, always has been responsive. There's never a time that he's not fully attentive to whatever my intention is. And so the devotee becomes ecstatic knowing that as soon as I turn my intention toward Krishna, no matter what I've done in the past, no matter how much I've ignored him, he'll give me entrance into his own path. And this is what Uddhava is saying. Srila Goswami in, in his commentary from the verse says the devotee considers uh, Krishna so precious that uh, It's ten million times he says more valuable than his own life. He has appreciation from Krishna for Krishna. So we know how much everyone values their own life so the devotees, 10 million times more, they're appreciating Krishna. So this is the kind of gratitude that can awaken. Of course, everybody knows that if you have gratitude in your life, then you feel satisfied no matter where you are. And if you don't have gratitude, then it doesn't matter what you have, you still can't be satisfied. So one of the hallmark elements of, of pure devotional service is this intensive gratitude. And I was thinking about gratitude recently and how can you have gratitude if it's not for a person? Because if somebody didn't arrange it, if there wasn't some intelligence behind it, it just happened by chance, how how can you have gratitude for something that happens randomly? Gratitude means somebody actually went out of their way and did something for me. And so, coming back to this point of gratitude for Srila Prabhupada and... It's not an ordinary um, feeling to have gratitude for, for a pure devotee. So Bhaktivinoda Thakur expresses it in this song, gurudev Kripa Bhandu Dia," And he's saying that, um, please give me a drop of, of your mercy so that I can uh, follow this path of bhakti properly and have this intensive gratitude at my heart. He's asking for one drop of mercy. So that's not seemingly a lot to ask, is it? I guess it's got one drop of mercy. So he says, uh, Gurudev, O spiritual master, give to this servant just one drop of mercy. I'm lower than a blade of grass. Give me all help, give me strength. Let me be as you are without desires or aspirations. And so um, this feeling of being lower than a blade of grass is also the starting point of, of gratitude and also bhakti. That's if I'm able to cultivate this feeling of being insignificant and unworthy, then I'm open to the great gifts that Krishna can pour into my heart, that the guru can pour in. He says, I offer you all respects, for thus I may have the energy to know you correctly then by chanting the holy name in great ecstasy, all my offenses will cease. And Prophet writes uh, in a letter, and we'll read it uh, during one of our japa circles, that the holy name acts the same on everyone. It's just that some ex- experience the influence of the holy name more than others because of the way uh, they've organized their lives to be free from the 10 offenses. When one's 100% free from the Ten Offenses, Prabhupada writes, then one can see and feel the full effects of the Holy Name. When will such mercy fall on this one who is weak and devoid of intelligence? Allow me to be with you. If you examine me, you'll find no qualities. Your mercy is all I am made of. If you are not merciful unto me, I can only weep, and I will not be able to maintain my life. Thank you, Prabhu. In the Bhaktira Samrita Sindhu Rupu Goswami includes a verse that was actually spoken by Hirani Kashipu and in this verse Hirani Kashipu says that each living entity is like a crystal clear crystal and whatever you put next to that crystal whatever Colored item, for instance, if you put a red rose next to the crystal, then the crystal will appear red. So, Rupa Goswami, uh, and actually, the, the the context of this is that Hiranyakashipu was very disturbed because Pralad Maharaj, although he sent him to the best demoniac schools, was coming out as a devotee, and he said, "How is this possible? I'm sending them to the best." association I can find <laughs> and now he's becoming this Vaishnav and he was very disturbed. But Ruba Goswami obviously uses it in another in the opposite way. It goes both ways because whomever we associate with and we we take on that quality. So just by association with devotees who are more advanced then one also begins to take on the qualities. So Science of Krishna consciousness means to be in the the vicinity and to take some service for advanced devotees. And just by that service, by begging for one drop of service and getting some service to those who are advanced, then one naturally begins to take on the same qualities. And one can develop the pure devotional qualities by association nittasiddha krishna prema sadhya kabuhunoyi shravanadi shrija karu Udoi. Pure devotional service always is, is the natural quality of the living entity, but by association with material nature, I think that actually I am part of the material world. So by association with these holy places and remembering the importance of association with the advanced Vaishnavas and then making that step by step my goal of life, not just the goal of life, but actually enacting it, how to stay in contact with the pure devotees, then naturally the transformation takes place. And full-blown, the full-blown potential of the soul, which is pure devotional service, will come out. And now we'll take a few reflections, your realizations of being in this place, or um, any complaints you have so far about the weather or your flight over here or anything. uh, If you'd like to reflect anything that you're feeling right now. And I know we just, everyone else, everyone got in late last night and took flights from all over the place, So, don't feel bad about feeling a little tired if you are, doesn't matter because we're, um, we're in the right place doing the right thing. That's what matters. Okay, so now let's take a few reflections. One, two. Microphone coming.
1: I like the I like the point that you mentioned that uh, about uh, spiritual current. This place is uh, vibrant with that spiritual current. Yeah,
0: let's just say you offer your obeisances here, and when your and when your head's on the floor, then you feel some something touch your heart. That's real. These things are real. When you see something here that uh, moves you, like the beauty of the deities, you feel the sublimity of the smile of Radha and Govinda. Not only is it real, but it's eternal and it will stay in your heart. Asatoma sadgamaya. The Vedas say, stay away from the the non-permanent, things that that aren't real. And sadgamaya, run towards those things that are eternal. And so that's what coming to the Dham means. We're running towards Krishna. We're living in Krishna. We're touching Krishna at every minute. Thank you, Prabhu. Nice. What else?
2: Um, if you have gratitude in our Hold life... Hold it close.
0: If you have gratitude in our life, we're satisfied in every situation we're in. Yeah, so d- developing this spiritual gratitude as Uddhava is expressing and as Jiva Goswami augments, he says, is it, he's, he's putting in terms, he says, the, the devotee feels so grateful. He comments on the verse, Naivo payantya pachitim kabe brahma yushapi kritam yontar That he says that uh, the devotee feels so much gratitude that he feels like even if he had 1,000 kalpas to try to repay the guru, 1,000 kalpas, that's a lot. Uh, like that uh, he he still wouldn't be able to do it that's the sense of how much gratitude there is and and in this uh, song dai tava pachi pachi there's this uh, running behind the spiritual master trying to pay pay back the debt to do some service to follow in the footsteps and Hanumat Peshek prashik somi has commented on this song and he said why is why is the disciple running after the guru he said because his guru is running after his guru. <laughs> she said, "Let me do some service." Okay, what else? Uh, yes.
1: Yeah, I, I was thinking about the um, how the he spoke about how Papa was uh, he was seemingly ordinary, going through the ordinary life, and uh, and we are seeing how pure devotee goes through ordinary life and maintaining this faith, and then it is so great. And I was thinking how Calcutta is such a, a really showing how it is such a intense city, and we were coming from the airport it took hours actually until we came here the The driver was very sure and very determined, but he was he didn't even know where he's going he was but at the same time <laughs> he was having so much you know enthusiasm and determination and and then to see how in this it is mess it is, it seems like mess, a difficult thing to go through. And at the same time, you see this 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 devotion. You know, they come to the temple and you see this sweetness and, and focus on Krishna and completely, you know, like ignoring the the whole thing. And and. Getting this this essence. It was very uh, the the contrast. The contrast was so impressive. I like that. It's a nice contrast.
0: Uh, And uh, there's the way in which uh, we see on the material side. People can completely ignore the tangle of the city. For instance, sometimes I notice people they're they're looking into. This is a very common example these days. People looking into a a cell phone. In fact, I saw one of the crossroads we went by. It said. It's illegal to walk across the street looking at your cell phone <laughs> for obvious reasons. <laughs> and, it's, and, a, and a devotee has so much focus on Krishna that he or she practically ignores the material world or is able to um, not be so concerned by the various comings and goings of the material nature. You can imagine somebody just looking into the screen and not being aware of what's happening. That. He, here she's about, you know, a truck just missed, missed him or her by two inches. So, a similar way, the devotee <laughs> becomes fully absorbed in, in uh, following in the footsteps of the guru and the parampara and taking that life of thinking of Krishna and doing one's duty in Krishna consciousness. Before there's taste, even, there's this sense that I'm going to follow the footsteps of the great souls, even though I. Even though I'm not fully full-blown taste for this, um, there's still a sense of absorption in the fact that uh, I feel grateful. I feel grateful for what they've given me. I don't even know what it is yet completely, (laughs) but I know enough to know that I'm grateful for it. And that kind of absorption can tune out the the miseries of the material world so much so that one's not moved by them. One stays steady. Yes. Yes. Yes.
2: Hare Krishna. I was just appreciating the point that you made about the simplicity that bhakti is, you know, in 11th canto there's long descriptions of jnana, yoga and things and then the bhakti chapter is very simple and yet at the same time it's very very powerful and profound.
0: So I thought that was a very relevant topic for this area also. Yeah. Bhakti's love, and the Beatles said it many years ago. Can't buy me love, I, you know. That was actually a philosophical statement. When you heard it, can't buy me love. Uh, I was thinking, well, yeah, that's the one thing you can't buy is is love. With the other processes, you're talking about uh, try to buy your way into the spiritual worlds, and in the in the Brahma Samhita. There's a sense there that Brahma is saying that all these yogis, jnanis, they're, they're doing this kind of really intense work on their, from their own effort to try to reach up and get God, but they always remain... Um, distant, even from the tips of the toes of his lotus feet, they can't get it by drilling the respiration and so forth. But the simple thing is, if there's a little love, it's the most powerful force in the universe. And, and if it's pure, like in the material world, we see love everywhere. The greatest representation of love here in the material world is a mother for a child. And But that's um, a mask, actually. The real thing is our love for Krishna. And if we can have even one molecule of that, if that can be evoked, and that's what our practice of sadhana is actually not a practice so much as it is ways that we stay in proximity to Krishna so that that love will be stimulated. And we can feel just even one tiny, uh, have one tiny experience of that can change our whole life. One molecule of gratitude for Krishna as is being described in the verse by, by Uddhava. It, it changes our whole direction in life and our whole intention about life. We don't, it's so satisfying that we don't want anything else. And then you can imagine if you were able to drink it out of a glass, and what to speak of one molecule. It's so simple, uh, and, but so, so powerful. Yes, Prabhu.
1: Um,
2: you mentioned that grat- um, gratitude leads to full absorption. And also explain that gratitude comes only when there is a person, someone behind it. Um, so that was very common, preaching that we could do. To do you agree with that? Absolutely.
0: Yeah. It was very. Sp- Th- does the logic uh, make sense to you that if you're gra- grateful som- for something, actually you're grateful to to someone because how is there? How could there be gratitude for something random? I mean. If you're you're appreciating uh, um, something in nature, then there's a way that it was arranged, or there's there was some thought behind it, and it was something. Gratitude means I feel like I've been given a gift, but the question then is, given by whom? The Bhagavatam is so clear about this. Radhika Raman Prabhu pointed this out in one of his lectures at ISV. It w- it was a a moment of clarity and levity, and and really. Something that uh, I took away from his talk in a very special way when he he was said he was asking the audience So what is the way we know that from the bhagavatam? in the Section of the chatur shloki that Krishna is a person Because even in the chatur shloki ha Sameva gray and so on the the verses the Mayavadi's will try to twist him in different ways But how do you know Krishna is a person? Does anybody remember? Yes, he shook his hand. <laughs> and he said, Padramte, good luck, Brahma, <laughs> from one creator to another. Good luck on creating this in this world. And isn't that touching? I mean, Krishna's so personal that he, uh, he had this, there was this uh, relationship of friendship with, with Brahma, and he shook his hand. That's why it's so bona fide when you go in Sankirtan. That's why people, like you go like this, people can't resist it in any country around the world, even if people haven't heard of the fist bump yet, which is pretty rare, um, they still can't resist it because it's something personal. Everyone wants a personal touch. And bhakti is that. That's the pure form. That it's Krishna did this for me. And uh, the guru is Krishna's manifestation. And he's gone out of his way to do this for me. And therefore I feel unlimited gratitude from my heart. and. That that's real happiness in life to have that. A few more re- reflections. From Jai Shri, if we can get a few reflections from the Japanese contingency. What do you got going back there? Is everyone picking up everything? Zanbun Walkari Mashtaka Budiska. Any thoughts, realizations, whatever you have?
1: So she likes actually the last... Oh, you got to
0: either turn that on or hold it close.
1: Hare Krishna, okay. Yes. So they like the last point that you get gratitude from someone. Yeah. So each one now giving thank you to other person, that because of you I am able to come here and get this spiritual bliss.
0: Thank you, thank you, thank you, yes. Any last points? Yes, Shraddha, and then Kirtan.
1: I like the fact when you mentioned about Prabhupada that it was not an ordinary thing, it was an arrangement that, he, you know, he was born here and was living very close to the temple. So you see Krishna's master plan. Yeah,
0: there. yeah. So then I, it, you get that sense, the higher view of how these things are arranged from the Bhagavatamrita. You know, when Gopakumar uh, meets the Lord, then the Lord says, you know, what took you so long? Actually, it, it, I think it's when he meet, meets Narayan before he even comes back to meet Krishna in Goloka Vrindavan because that's his eternal relationship. But then Narayan expresses his gratitude towards towards Gopal and he's saying, I couldn't wait for you any longer. I waited so many lifetimes and you never turned your face towards me. So I, I had to intervene. And normally Krishna doesn't intervene. Samaham Sarva Bhute Shu, Nami Priya. he said, I, I I I've made you take birth in Govardhan and then I I came personally as your guru. <laughs> said, hey, here I am. And and then there's uh, the way in which Kumar comes back by the request of Srimati Radharani to intercede this, uh, you know, the, one of the other heroes of the story. Uh, Kumar becomes his guru and tells his story. He's telling his story to enlighten, you know, the, the brahmin from Jotishtapur. So then you hear about how somebody was behind this. When you, when you get a vartmana pradrakshaka guru, there are three different kinds of gurus mentioned by Kaviraj Goswami in the beginning of the Chaitanya Charamrita, and the vartmana pradrakshaka guru is also a manifestation of Krishna. He comes into your life and, and may seem like, you know, the man next door may be the man next door, who's not a, a pure devotee even, not even a devotee, but may be the instrument through which Krishna brings you the, the, um, the mantra and brings you awareness of, of his existence and the path of devotional service. And so this is definitely not an ordinary path. It's by what Prabhupada said by the, the divine arrangement, the divine order of the Supreme that we come in contact. Prabhu.
2: Um, well, at the school I was appreciating the thought that, or the the notion, the idea that's there that they, um, you know, a lot of times when I think of like a a saintly elevated person, it just kind of can feel like some sort of ephemeral angel figure. But when we're there in Prabhupada's school and just different locations we're going to visit today, there's really a sense that uh, Prabhupada was having that, in, in some senses, that same human experience that all of us have. And therefore, he's very relatable. And it's, it's not that um, he can't understand what it's like to, to be human. Mm. He, was, he also had those experiences. So that's very uh, consoling to me because a lot of times when I'm in contact with some pure devotees or something, I can feel like there's no way they can understand what it's like to be such a conditioned soul. But, but Prabhupada knew the whole human experience so well.
0: This is a really good point. And it's one of the ways in which uh, Krishna in the Bhagavad Gita says, atma upham yena sarvatrasamam yorjuna urjuna sukhamvai yadivadukam sa yogi paramo He says the paramayogi, topmost of all the practitioners are those who have compassion for others. They can relate to their experience in the material world. It's like, I know what you've been through, I feel for you. And this is one of the ways in which the guru is more merciful than Krishna, because Krishna, he's uh, he's Krishna, <laughs> <laughs> but the guru is a devotee of Krishna, is a servant of Krishna, and, and knows what it's like to to go through various experiences in the material world. And the best of acharyas, we find, they um, as is Prabhupada, they live. Uh, they live their life. They go through the various phases of their life and they show what surrender means at every step, at every aspect of life. Prabhupada, even last night we were reading how Prabhupada himself says that I was. Exp- I came to Radha Govinda. I saw the deities here uh, in my childhood and they, it carried him away to what Prabhu was saying on the bus. Such nice uh, pastimes about Prabhupada having the um, desire to have a Rothkart cart and a Rathyatra, which is, it wasn't, it started off as apparently imitation, but it became full-blown real. And Prabhupada speaks about this, and he said, this, is, this was my orientation in my, in my youth growing up, and it was all there. He said, but then I went off to school, college, and he said, I forget the exact words he used, if you can remember, but he said then, uh, you know, I was distant from that. He indicated he was distant from it. But then when he met his spiritual master, where he, he said, then I moved away from all that through school and college. And then when he met, it was that moment, and we're going to go to that place in Dunga, where his guru was sitting. And by that time, Prapa didn't want to see a sadhu because he had seen so many in his childhood that his father, Gauramohan Day. Uh, was so enthusiastic to get a, an ashrabad, a blessing for his son to be a pure devotee of Srimati Radharani. He brought everybody. He kept a, a stock of ganja in his house to give to many of the sadhus because many of the sadhus, you know, they smoke ganja. So, you know, you come, here's some ganja, you smoke. Now bless my child. <laughs> whatever, you, whatever you are, whoever you are, bless my child to become a pure devotee. And Prabhupada had seen so many and so he thought sadhu, sadhu, shmaru, you know. And so then, when his friend said, "Come see," I, there's a real sadhu. He said, "Yeah, yeah, right." And Prabhupada told how he was the leader of his friends. He said, "You'll be happy to know." He was telling his early disciples, "You'll be happy to know that actually I was the, always considered the leader." And so my friends would always come and consult with me. They want to know, you know, is this is this okay? Is this? They'd ask him. He was the last word, you know. On everything with his friends so that was partly why they brought him to see Srila Bhaktisiddhanta is because he was the their leader so he said you come you have to tell us you know what you think so all this was inside Prabhupada obviously the Radha Govinda and the 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 pure devotional atmosphere just even here in Calcutta you know it's 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 sweet The, the Bengali is sweet everything about this place is sweet I mean, you're, you're swimming in sweetness when you come to Bengal and Calcutta. Even it's a big city, and you can still, you know, there's a, some flavor here. And so when he met Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, it was, it was like a, a match thrown into a kerosene-soaked building. Boom! It just, it just ignites immediately. So Prabhupada offers obeisances. Before he got up, his guru... Uh, unbeknownst to him at that very second, was telling him that you should preach in the West. You should spread this to the West. He was giving him service right away. And then Prabhupada said, I was devoted to nationalism. I was in the Gandhi movement wearing khadi. And uh, he, I said, I argued with him. And then he defeated me. <laughs> The, the argument was, he said, how are the message of Chaitanya will be recognized in the world if India is still, still subjected to foreign power. And Srila Bhakti Sananta convinced him. He said, there is no impediment to bhakti, to pure bhakti. And this is one of the points we've been talking about. If you have that molecule of intention in your heart that I'm gonna surrender to Krishna, I don't care what else <laughs> happens in my life, I'm surrendering. And, uh, or what kind of uh, detours I have to take. I'm going to surrender. I'm surrendering. If that's there, then everything else will come into play. Uh, With that moon, uh, bhakti uh, can't be blocked by, by any other material circumstance. So that's what Shula Bhaktisiddhanta convinced him. And when he walked away, his friend asked him, What was the name of his friend? Narendra Mullik. Narendra Nath Narendranath Narendra Nath Narendranath asked him. And you can just, you know, we'll picture the scene when we're in Ulta Danga. But Prabhupada going up the stairs and coming back. And everything had changed. Everything had changed. And, and now, you know, Prabhupada, in answer to the question, you know, what, do you, what did you think? He said, I think that Lord Chaitanya's movement is in the right hands. So really, I mean, this is kind of... Calcutta is really the epicenter for the Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's movement spreading all over the world, because Prabhupada was the instrument through which that happened. And uh, also to keep in mind that whatever bhakti you're putting in, whatever investment you're making in your bhakti every day, um, it's in there. And when the match comes out (laughs) at the right time, it's going to explode. And so just keep investing, putting it in, taking, taking every opportunity like you're doing now. Uh, sometimes, like my friend uh, Guru Kripa, he had a business in Bangkok and he was always, leave it behind. It was a very work-intensive business for, as far as you had to k- keep attention on it. Uh, it was some cloth business. And the woman he was working with was from Vietnam. And Whenever he would leave for a couple of months to go to the DOM. She, she was incredulous, because her full focus was on making money. And he was making money th- through her. And she, she said, every time he said he was going to go, now my time to go to Kartik, she said, Greg, what you talking? You stay here, you make money. He would imitate her. I was, she, she would say, what you talking? And so he was, his revelation was that, no, you, you invest in Krishna. You make a sacrifice for Krishna, and, and that's uh, an investment that's eternal. The investment in the material world, you can just see people, they can put everything into the material world, and then in a second, it's just gone. So um, <clears throat> we pray here at the lotus feet of Sri Sri Radha Govindaji. Please, if you so desire, instill in our hearts the same enthusiasm for spreading Lord Chaitanya's movement all over the world that you instilled in the heart of his divine grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. Let us always remember this sublime place where Srila Prabhupada worshipped your lotus feet as a child and let us take that enthusiasm with us and give it to people in the... Far flung places all over the world where they have no idea about bhakti or devotional service or, or your beauty. Thank you for considering our request. Everyone who um, agrees with these ideas in part or in whole, please say Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna! <laughs> Shishi Radha Govindaji ki jai, go to pray, Marande. <laughs> Marman, Marman. Natchery arm arm man, man.